0: Isn't it great that we get to celebrate the birth of Jesus here at the church this morning? And the greatest gift here about it all is that our Lord Savior has come to save us. We as a church have been talking about hope for the weary world throughout this season of Advent. Today, as we conclude our series, Hope for the Weary World, we want to talk about the second Christmas. Or you can call it the ultimate Christmas. You know, as we talked to as Miss Mary led us children, many of us, Christmas is often also associated with so many gifts like this, so many familial love. But what if I tell you today, church, to all of us, there will be even the gifts that you receive today, even far greater than that, the ultimate gift, will be right with you in the second Christmas and the ultimate Christmas happens once again. There will be the greatest gift exchange that cannot be compared to what you have under the tree this morning. That glorious reality is what we want to study in a brief moment today. What does this ultimate Christmas, the second Christmas, will look like? It will be marked by three things. Number one, it will be the greatest homecoming that the humankind has ever seen. There will be the glorious march of all nations and tribes for one purpose. And number two, the ultimate Christmas will be marked by endless worship. All you know is to worship Him forevermore without any harm, any violence. In a sense, today's message is extension of what happened yesterday. It feels like I just saw you yesterday, doesn't it? Because I did see you yesterday. And then lastly, not only there will be the greatest homecoming and the endless worship, the ultimate Christmas will be marked by the endless joy and endless peace. Oh, I look forward to the glorious day. And that glorious day, Isaiah shows through Isaiah chapter 60. So if you have your Bible, please open it up to Isaiah 60 as we walk through this text together. Look, verse 1, what does it say, Isaiah, here? Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rise upon you. See, Isaiah must have seen so many sunrises over Jerusalem, how it appears first over the Mount Olives, and soon sun casts out all darkness darkness in the city. But this sunrise in particular is very different from all the other sunrises that Isaiah must have seen. This sunrise, once for all, will never set again. And will this sunrise, once for all, will cast out all darkness that we have ever experienced and felt all our weariness, all our suffering. Look, verse 2, what does it say? See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness over the people. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Did you catch that? In verse 1 and verse 2, Isaiah here talks about the glory. Verse 1, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. Verse 2, his glory appears over you. This is not just regular sun rise, sunrise. This is S-O-N rise. And the glory of the sun is becoming the everlasting light they cast out all darkness once for all. Man, I live for this day. I look forward to day. There will be no more night, no more pain. And this sun will come. Our Son of God will glory, will shine all over the earth radiant. They will cast out all darkness and gloom. Perhaps some of you know the famous vocal band, Gaither Vocal Band. In one of their songs, sung by David Phelps, No More Night, the lyrics go like this. The timeless theme, earth and heaven will pass away. It's not a dream. God will make all things new that day. Gone is the curse from which I stumbled and fell. Evil is vanished to eternal hell. No more night, no more pain. No more tears, never crying again. All praises to the great I am. We will live in the light of the risen Lamb. All praises to the great I am. We are going to live in the light of the risen Lamb. This is the light of the world that you need to expose yourself day by day today. Sometimes the more and more we expose our hearts It's ugliness. The more and more we expose ourselves to just what's around. All we get is more and more weariness upon us. The more and more you expose yourself to the light of the Lord, what is true, what is to come, your weary soul will strangely and slowly find new light in the beauty of our Savior, Jesus Christ. That because of glory of the light has come, all things will change. So now, Let's take a look at what is happening. Number one, there will be the greatest homecoming that you have ever seen. Christmas is marked by so many families coming together. This is a whole new kind of homecoming. Look, verse three to nine in this section, all nations come. Like verse three, nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. When Jesus came first time, the Mary just talked about three wise men come from the east. But this time it's not only three wise men, but all nations will come to your light. All kings to the brightness of your dawn. Verse 4, it talks about the reality of how so many all nations are coming. Lift up your eyes and look about you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar and your daughters are carried on the hip. Then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. The wealth of the seas will be brought to you. To you, the riches of the nations will come. The key to understanding this chapter is this, that oftentimes we tend to disassociate spiritual things and material things. Because oftentimes in this world, material things, we use that as a means of corruption. Whether it be money, whether it be all your possession, people fight over it, people kill over one another. People killed one another for salt and pepper long ago. People killed one another for power and money. All the things in this material world are often used for corruption. But in this glorious day, all this wealth and all that will be reality. This material world will all be used only for worship. If you look at verse 10, there will be people building the wall. If you look at verse 13, there will be people bringing cypress, plain and pine. Look at all different people using their jobs, using their finest goods to worship God. I mean, it looks like there's an architect in new heaven, but I'm sure there will be no need for pastors there. I guess I'll be unemployed that day. (laughs) But who cares? This will be a glorious day. All our material possessions, spiritualities, all married together for one purpose, to worship God. This is a glorious reality. No more corruption, nothing. And when you look at verse 6 through 9, there will be a lot of strange things. Just bear with me what Isaiah says. Herds of camels will cover your land. Young camels of Midian and Ephah, all from Sheba will come, bearing gold and incense, proclaiming praises to the Lord. You're like, wait a second, Midian and Ephah, Sheba, verse 7, Kedar, what is this all about? And I'm like, thanks for asking. This is what's happening in this scene. I want you to kind of capture vision that with me. Verse six, when it says, "Median and Shiva, to Israelite to them, it's the land of the South." So all South is coming up to worship Him now. And Ephraim, verse six to what is east. South is coming, East is coming. Kedar and Nebiathaah, verse seven is north and west. And verse nine, Spain, the Tarsus is modern-day Spain. That's the farthest west that this humankind has ever known at the time. So what is happening here? From north and south, east and west, all creation is coming together. All over the world is coming together. One purpose, what? To worship Him. Can you imagine this glorious, greatest homecoming that's happening? I mentioned in verse 3, all nations are coming. In first Christmas, only three wise men come. Look at verse 6. What did the first Christmas this wise man bring? We read it at the beginning Myrrh, frankincense, and all that gold. Verse six, bearing golden incense. Frankincense is one of types of incense. They'll also bring all kinds of golden incense. But now it's not just three wise men, but all nations are coming together for endless purpose of worship. chelton have you ever been moved by the sight of worship? Really, the weight of glory, how it's shining around us, has it really moved you? I vividly remember one time that it actually really changed my life. I don't say that lightly, how it changed my life. I know there are a few of our members are also attending Urbana this year, one of the big missions conference that happens at the end of the year. About 20 years ago, I was just out of high school, about to go to college. At that time, there was a kind of Urbana version of Korea. It's one of the biggest missions conference in Asia. All like people come from Asia all gathered together for their conference. I went that day, that week of that missions conference, and that time, it was so large, there was like six, 7,000 people gathered, so they borrowed the entire college campus. This entire college was on a huge hill. So down here was the main auditorium where we gathered every morning. It was like all day. 7 a.m. to like 8 a.m. to like 10 p.m. every day. So much happened for a whole week. And at the top of the mountain, Innocent Hill, was the dormitory where all the attenders stayed together. So like a lot of praise and worship and seminar going on. I think it was about third day or fourth day. I am dead tired. I mean, I love God too, but I'm like, that's too much. (laughs) I'm tired, so I just wanted to sleep in. But where am I? I'm at missions conference. I'm like, I'm great. I love Jesus. I'm going to get up at 5 a.m. or 4 a.m. where nobody's awakened yet. And I'm going to be the first one to rise and pray. In case you don't know me, I don't get up that early. But I was determined because I'm so godly. I love Jesus. So I got up at 4 a.m. I took a brief shower in the top of the hill, thinking I'm the only one who's awakened. I walked out of that dorm. And then I said, wait a second, What? As I looked down from the top of the hill to the bottom, there's so many people already up at 4 a.m. praying on a sheer grass. I'm walking down the stairwell to the main auditorium to find a place to pray. And by the time that I got to the middle of the stairwell, I look around. All my vision, my north and south, my east and west, as far as my vision can contain, all I could see, It's people of God gathering in three and four on a sheer grass, just kneeling down, praying at 4 or 5 a.m. Can you imagine all your vision can contain is people of God kneeling down and praying? Four, five, six thousand, just all out there. Oh, I broke down as I was walking down the stairwell. God, it moves me this much to see this glorious vision of worship. I mean, all my vision could contain is not violence, not all the people going after their power, success, money, and honor. But at 4 a.m. at the crack of dawn, all my vision could contain it's all people of God. just Kneeling down on grass, praying, begging for the Lord to come through in the morning when no one told them to. Oh, it changed my life. God, I want that reality to come true. And if it moved me that much that I had to break down in the middle of a stair of the class, and I just sat and prayed there for hours, just seeing all these hearing people pray, how much this vision of the Lord, when all nations and tribes from furthest west, north and south, east and west, coming together, the glorious homecoming for the purpose of worship. Has the vision of the Lord, people of God worshiping together, captured your imagination? that is going to be the reality people of god coming together to worship him forever and evermore children when was the last time that you're so moved by that are you moved each time we gather together to worship every time we gather to worship the lord in the gathering in this place we are foretasting a tiny bit the glimpse of heaven that what we are gathering is not because this is not a rotary club that we gather because of our hobby this is not a like stock market analysis club. We gather your one purpose of worship. When was the last time you are captivated by that vision? Oh, I want to relive the reality. I've forgotten that for a long time. But in Isaiah 60, that day when we gather, all people and nations will come together for one purpose of worship. There will be greatest homecoming and there will be endless worship. And what is the result of this endless worship? Lastly, third, there will be endless joy and peace. It will be Christmas morning every day. Look 15. Although you have been forsaken and hated, with no one traveling through, I'll make you the everlasting pride and the joy of all generation. Yes, you have been forsaken and hated. You have been living in a weary land. We are we are filled with often worries, often with anxiousness, our own pride, our own guilt and shame. But now all they will be gone away. He will make us everlasting pride and joy for all that is to come. can imagine. I don't like the song. Imagine there's no heaven. I, no, imagine there is heaven. If I imagine this is heaven. The reason why we get so much trouble, church, is that often we try to make this earth a heaven. But this earth is not heaven. The more you try to make this earth heaven, this is all there is, let me make all my success, all my glory, all my fame, all my repetition. I must find that in this earth. I must realize all my dream and everything. The more you try to make your heaven, the more weary your soul will be. The weariness of your soul will overwhelm you. But how can you be captivated by the joy of the Lord? Imagine the glorious day. The more, the less you make this earth heaven, but more you make Jesus your haven today, the glimpse of the heaven will begin to seep down to your heart. When was the last time that you're captivated by this glorious vision of worshiping that Isaiah 60 depicts? There will be everlasting joy and there will be endless peace. No longer will violence, verse 18, be heard in your land, nor ruin or destruction within your borders, but you will call your wall to salvation, your gate praise. No longer there will be violence, no more pain. All this can happen, Because our Lord has come once on this Christmas that Mary explained. And now when the second Christmas comes once again, this will be one glorious reality. And why? What's the source of all this joy? Verse 19 and 20. The sun will no more be your light by day, nor will the brightness of the moon shine on you. For the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your God will be your glory. Your sun will never set again. Your moon will wane no more. The Lord will be your everlasting light. And your days will never, days of sorrows will end. I live for this day. I'm a firm believer in happy ending. And it is happening. It's a reality for Christians. That this glorious day is to come. Where is hope for the weary world? have to fit your imagination for the glorious vision of worship all different tongues and nations tribe coming together because they see this glorious light that never fade away the glorious light has risen over you and do you know church how can this glorious light how can our lord be everlasting light forever and evermore shine brightly it's because of first christmas our lord has come on this first christmas on this day right? This helpless babe, the incarnate Son of God, became humbled himself as a helpless babe. I don't want you to ever forget that. He did not come as all put together mighty king, but on this day he took the form of a human flesh. God, the mighty majesty God, humbled himself, became mere human like us. Not just not grown up adult, helpless babe. If you leave a baby by themselves, they won't survive. Completely helpless babe. And that helpless babe will grow up 30 years later and die as a helpless man, naked and ashamed on the cross because of our sin and shame was laid on him. And do you know what the Lord Jesus Christ does on the cross? On 6th to ninth hour, darkness falls upon the earth. He absorbs the cosmic darkness on himself on the cross of Jesus Christ. And he descends to the bottomless darkness for our sin and our our shame. That is the very reason for the Christmas that Jesus has come. But one day he rose again, and in this one glorious day, because he's the God who absorbed all our darkness, second time he comes, he'll come as everlasting light that will never, never fail again, that will ever shine so brightly. That is our hope. On this Christmas day, I hope and pray that you are captivated by this greatest homecoming, greatest gift exchange. All nations are bringing their finest gift, gold and incense, and our Lord brings the everlasting gift of His light, His presence. He is our hope, joy, and peace, and love. All that we are looking for will be right there in the presence of Jesus. Do you know Him, children? He has come for you. He has come for me, for my weary soul, for my guilt. Our Lord has come. We have reason to hope and rejoice today. Let me pray for us. Oh, Lord, I am captivated by that vision once again. In the very malleable heart of a high school or a college, how I surrendered my life once again. God, wherever you call me, I'll go because I was so captivated by the vision of just all nations and people just bowing down at the crack of dawn worshiping. And oh God, I hear and see the hearts of people gathered here on Christmas Day because they are captivated by you. Oh God, may this Christmas just not be another holiday. Yes, we love Family coming together we love gifts but may we truly be christian first and foremost christ follower who are captivated by this glorious vision of all nations and people tribe worshiping so god we eagerly look forward to this ultimate christmas that is going to happen once again and when you come once again you will be everlasting light and we will worship you forever and evermore until that day May you continue to be our hope in this weary world, in our weary soul. O Lord and Savior, we look to you in your precious name we pray. Amen.